I was feeling uh, kind of weighed down by that pressure of like, why isn't my baby sleeping? And then that would kind of bring frustration and then resentment. And then I wasn't enjoying it. I would be sick to my stomach and not enjoying it. And then I like had this light bulb moment of this does not feel good to me. Hey, we are Shan and Ryan Tripp, parents of five on a journey to discover what it takes to raise great humans while enjoying the heck out of life along the way. Sometimes it's easy to let the weight of everyday life, parenting, marriage, finances, get in the way. But what we found is that as you break out of the norm and do life a little bit differently, a whole new world can open up to you. So if you're ready, we would love to invite you on this journey with us as we pull back the curtains and have a whole lot of fun along the way. And it's true what they say, life's a trip. This is our story. How will you write yours? Let's go. Hey, listeners. Hey, Shannon. It's the Life's a Trip podcast. Wow. Where's the enthusiasm? I'm coming in today just focused, ready to go. He's ready, guys. Yep. He's ready. We're talking about a topic you guys are really going to like, especially if you have young kids. So, But before we get into that. <laughs> what do you want to talk about today? Have you had a good week, sweetheart? Um, this week's kind of been rough, but... Um, talk about that. Good too, you know? Talk about rough. Well, just just getting back into the swing of things, you know, um, the, the, the schedule. I mean, we just came back from Hawaii. We had such a great week. And so just coming back and the house stuff and, you know, when you're out of your routine and then you have to come back into it for a minute, it's just a little rocky. You're like, oh, where'd all these clothes come from? Wow. The dishes sure pile up quickly. And actually, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to come clean here and be honest. The same pile of laundry that sat in our office floor last week's episode that we recorded the podcast the same pile of laundry is still here. Yep, 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 yep. It sure I is. I finally used an old trick that my mom used to do, and I took, I sorted all of our laundry last night, and I put it in separate garbage bags. So the girls have three garbage bags full of clean laundry to be folded and put away. Shannon has like a half a bag. I have a half a bag. And then there's a whole laundry bin full of socks. So, you know, yep. you just... But you know what? Priorities. What are we going to do? Spend our whole lives doing laundry? <laughs> Priorities, you know, like we just have had other important things to do. And so that pile of laundry has sat there and it's still clean. You know, the kids can come get what they need, but I just haven't had the time to do it. And you know what? I have had the time. I've chosen to not use my time for that and I've used it for other things. And so I, feel like anyway. it's, I feel like it's worth saying uh, some of the things we've talked about and some of the best moments we've had are when we get rid of stuff and we really dial in the minimalism and we just live simply and we get rid of the junk, but it's, it's feels like it's kind of a cycle. I don't know if other people experience this. Maybe, maybe others are better about staying in a, uh, a homeostasis of minimalism, but I feel like for us, you know, you kind of tend to, you know, buy some more clothes, you have Christmas, you acquire a little bit, you know, the garage is filling up with things. And then, and then you reach the the point again, where you're like, time to sell some stuff, time to take it to we, the thrift store. We purge often. That is for sure. Yeah. Yes. Because you, you have five kids and you accumulate a lot of stuff and stuff. You just have to purge often, but stuff. there's toys, there's things that we want and need. And, you 
know, it starts to add up. We get it, guys. We get it. But okay. today, one thing we also get, <laughs> I asked my community sometimes we this get it, week. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> I asked my community this week. I said, "Hey, guys, you pick the podcast this week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share the. We're gonna share about the most common request. Do you want to know what the most common request was? I think it was something to do with what happens in the bedroom. It actually was not. The most common request was kids sleep. Do you see what I did there though? I knew the topic was sleep, but I tried to sizzle it and tease it. Oh, you're right. By saying what happens in the bedroom. And you dirty, naughty listeners, you immediately went to sex. (laughs) And that's okay because that is an important part of our marriage as well. But we're talking about sleep. Kids listen to this, right? Did I don't you think know so. that? I don't know if we have any we do. youth listeners. I have friends that say my kids listen to your podcast. Okay. Well. So now you need to go I talk to your parents I think we're about still that. PG. I think we're still PG. Okay. Anyways. Um, Let's talk about sleep. <laughs> I, was, I was actually surprised that that was, of all the things to talk about, kids sleep. Why do you think that that is? Why was that the request? So kids sleep. Your kids seem to sleep so well. How did you do it? Do you sleep train? Uh, just wondering how the heck you get kids to sleep and still have a good marriage. Isn't that funny? Your kids seem to sleep so well, like <laughs> you, because you post about watching the kids sleep and you share that on online that, about the kids sleeping. One of my favorite things to do is watch my kids sleep. So sometimes I'll record it and just like take it all in. And maybe that's why people think they sleep so well. Baby toddler sleep, how to meet everybody's emotional needs and sleep needs. This might be weird, but how in the world do you help your kids sleep? I'm co-sleeping with with number five, which I've never done. Curious how you do it with your kids. Sleep, sleep, sleep. Just tell me how you guys help your kids sleep. So. Well, first of all, that goes to show as parents, we just, that's a, that's a big topic. Well, certainly it is because if our kids aren't sleeping, then we're not sleeping. And when we're not sleeping, we are not our best selves. We're not as patient, as loving, as kind, you know. We need sleep. Our bodies need sleep. Our bodies need sleep. And I think some, you know, maybe, maybe you look at us and you're like, well, you've had five kids. So how have you been able to (laughs) function and thrive while, you know, meeting all of their needs and getting them to sleep, which we actually have like thinking back, I feel like we can relate to most everybody listening today because we have been, you know, with baby number one, I read the books, I did the routines. I was pretty like pretty, I've never been like psycho, but pretty, I would say passionate about her nap times and her bedtime and her routines and things like that. Then baby number two comes and you kind of loosen up a little bit and then three comes and then four comes and we're traveling around the world and he's sleeping on planes and trains and, and you know, bills. Well, <laughs> talk about the, go back to baby number one, our oldest daughter. And you were the mom that before we had her, you were doing all the research. You were reading the books because you wanted to be the best mom you could and you wanted to be prepared and you already had your background as a nurse. And so you were prepared in so many ways but you're reading the books, you're talking to experts, you're following people online. And so what was it that you felt? I can't even remember what happened yesterday. So I can't remember what we did for sleep for 12 years ago. 
But um, like, what was it that when our first was born, you went into it like, okay, I got this. This is exactly how we're going to do it. Well, back in the day, you know, I didn't have as many resources as we have now. So I just had friends in my life that would tell me um, what their kiddo was doing. And then I thought that that was the normal thing, you know? So I had a friend that said, you know, at what'd she say, six weeks or something, her baby was sleeping through the night. And I was like, well, why is my baby not sleeping through the night? And I remember thinking to myself, kind of getting sick to my stomach when the sun would start to go down and it would get dark oh. and knowing that I was, cause you know, I, I breastfed the babies. So you would just sleep through the night, which I wanted you to, because I like when you get your sleep. <laughs> Thank you. I think I need it a little more than you tend to need. You can operate on low sleep, which is amazing. But I just remember like that sick feeling of like, here we go again, you know, why isn't my baby sleeping through the night? And I started to build a lot of pressure on myself. I was feeling uh, kind of weighed down by that pressure of like, why isn't my baby sleeping? And then that would kind of bring frustration and then resentment. And then I wasn't enjoying it. I would be sick to my stomach and not enjoying it and then I like had this light bulb moment of this does not feel good to me. It doesn't feel good to me. I need to stop and I need to reevaluate. And I think that was the beginning of like, okay, there, there are so many different philosophies and experts out there. I do not belong in some worlds. Like I think we just have to do that as parents of take learn as much as you can and just take in what feels good to you. So what I started to do is release some of that pressure at a, as a very, very young mom, a very early in, in my mothering years, I started to release some of that pressure of my baby has to sleep through the night. And then, you know, she becomes, you know, toddlers and older. And I just, I just feel like that was the greatest gift I could have ever given myself. And it's worth noting that you you said you had another mom that mentioned, you know, how good her baby was sleeping or whatever. And you immediately kind of compare yourself and you like you said, Well, why isn't my baby sleeping? And and you just can't do that. As we've talked about before with with other things, you just every kid is gonna be different. Every parent, what they need and what they want is gonna be a little bit different. So again, on this podcast, we just share the things that we've done and have worked for us, but you know, the moms that messaged you on Instagram and said, Hey, tell me about sleep. I think there's some best practices and things that tend to work and little tips and tricks, but everyone's going to be a little bit different. Not every couple is going to be on the same page about letting kids crawl in bed with them or letting the kids cry themselves to sleep. And you just can't, you know, we're not saying that we have one right way and you have to do it that way. Um, but what you're sharing is, you know, we experimented with it a little bit and we kind of just found a, a place where it worked for us. Well, I think, th I think what I'm trying to say is there's not these secrets because, because my babies have all slept fairly well, you know, the sleeping through the night thing. If anybody tells you that their baby has been sleeping through the night since they were X years old or months old or whatever, then you know, they're giving they're them high liars. doses of melatonin. <laughs> they're liars. And they're doing something. Because here's what strange. happens. Here's what happens. And you know, I've got a lot of experience now in motherhood and sisters and friends and lots of conversations that have happened. And here's, here's the reality. Our kids don't actually just pick a day and start sleeping through the night forever. That doesn't happen. Our kids may have a good night's sleep. Maybe they have a good week's sleep. And then you go on a trip. And then their schedule get mix, messes up. And then they get sick. 
and they just, or then they, you know, reach a regression point. So as moms, we can drive ourselves literally crazy trying to having these expectations of these babies who still need us day and night. And we could drive ourselves crazy thinking, why are you waking up again? You know, what is wrong with you? But what I've learned is when we can just kind of release those expectations and we take care of ourselves the best we can so we can show up for them day and night and expect that, expect that you're going to have to show up for them in the night, which I'm a huge fan of. I'm not a fan of cry it out and isolate babies. I think that there's something beautiful about creating a secure attachment and letting them know you're there even in infancy. So there are things you can do to, you know, help teach them, but I am a big fan of being able to show up for them at night. So what can you do during your day or at night to just get more rest yourself, to get, you know, go to sleep earlier or get a good workout in or eat healthy? Like what can you do to prepare yourself to be able to show up day and night for your kids and have that expectation? Because then you're not disappointed. You're just available. I've been in a regression period for about the last 12 years. Stop it. Since we've had five kids over the last 12 years, I just haven't, I used to sleep great before it. Yeah. And maybe when the kids grow up and move out, maybe I'll start to sleep well again. No, I, I, uh, I think what you said is important. And this is what we talked about a little bit, um, as it relates to how we approach sleep and, and how we handle it. But I don't know, as with a lot of things in parenthood, there's just this foundation of resilience and I don't know, mental toughness and just, there's just a, I don't know, (laughs) to survive parenthood, you got to have a little grit. I would say you have a lot of grit. I don't think I have as much grit as you do. But you you, still have some. Thank you, honey. (laughs) You have true grit, to quote the old John Wayne movie. You you and so what that means is whether it's sleeping or whether it's being patient with the kids or whether it's putting up with a messy house sometimes. Just with a lot of the challenges of parenthood, having that toughness and that grit, I think goes a long way. Well, yeah. I mean, we especially with sleep. We teach our kids. I I agree. I agree with that fully. With I mean, just having a certain amount of resilience can just get you through so much in life, especially parenthood. And you know, when we're raising our kids, we're just like, "Buddy, you can do it." You know, you're amazing. You can do anything you want to. And as parents, or as we grow, you know, into adults, we forget to tell ourselves that. Like, we forget to. We don't have people cheering us on anymore, you know, telling us like, right, you can do this. If you only get six hours of sleep tonight, you're going to be okay. I can just picture you giving me my love language, words of affirmation. And I'm like headed out the door for a tea time. And you're like, you got this, babe. Today you break par. But I think sometimes we forget like how capable we are until we're pushed to those limits. You know, I used to work night shifts. I would work 12 hour shifts. I would leave at six and I would get home at eight in the morning, you know, because we had a little commute and I was awake all night, all night long. Sometimes I'd come home and I'd have to watch my babies until I'd get a nap later that afternoon or go to sleep that evening. And I would leave my babies home, our babies home with Rye and Ryan was a mom 
oh my gosh, was a dad of one and then two and then three and then four. I didn't, I didn't uh, go to work with Bo. So you had four kids at home by yourself overnight, all young, all had needs. You, I mean, tell me about those nights. Go ahead. Keep talking. Tell the listeners. You, you would tell have them. to get tell up in how the middle great of the I night. Was. No, those were those were early, the early times when our first two daughters were born, and you're working night shifts, uh, two or three, maybe two or three times a week, not every night. And uh, the tricky part for me, I just, you know, I'm a new dad, so you just don't know what the heck you're doing. And you would you'd pump, so you'd have some breast milk in bags in the freezer. And I just remember, man, oh, those were those were tough times, tough times, um, and one of the kids would start to cry and it was like, okay, it's time for them to, to eat. So I've got to go. I'm, I'm in, I'm in the dead of sleep. It's 2 AM. <laughs> they start to cry. So the, immediately the clock starts ticking. I go to the freezer. I pull out a frozen solid iced breast milk bag, two ounces to four ounces. Keep in mind in this time, you're trying not to let the baby wake the other children. Oh yeah. No baby's crying, but you, so you're, and you're stumbling to the fridge and freezer. I heat up some water, get a glass of water, heat it up, set the breast, set the, again, ice pack of breast milk in the, the hot cup of water. You know, it's got to thaw for a couple minutes. We didn't have the fancy stuff back then. Yeah. There was like a bottle warmer or something. And I think breast, you know, breast milk, you're not sticking it directly in the microwave to heat up like you do formula. I don't know all the rules. I just know what you instructed me to do. <laughs> so I heat up the breast milk. I finally get it into a bottle. It's got to be the right temperature. So it's not cold, but it's not scalding. And by this point, the baby's been crying for five or 10 minutes. <laughs> the breast milk is finally at its desired perfect 72 degrees. <laughs> and then you can feed the bottle to our sweet little daughter, and get her back to bed. And then I just lay my head back on the pillow. So those, you know, those early days, Real tough. nobody was getting sleep. <laughs> nobody was getting sleep. And then you would come home. You'd get maybe an hour, maybe two hours of sleep. Sometimes not any. I'd head off to work. You would take the girls and you would be home with the girls. Tired. And yeah. so again, I think a lot of it is just, you're trying to do the right things, but you're not going to well, sleep much. And you if know, you're listening to this, like, I don't sleep much. Like, I know. Well, it's good. It's good to kind of relive those days because look at us now. Look at us go. You, the you bags survive. Under the eyes are gone. <laughs> you survive. So right now, because there was a time that I'm like, I am never going to sleep again. I am never going to sleep again. I really felt that. I'm never going to get a good night's sleep again. But you do. You do. And sometimes as soon as you do, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like a million bucks. All I needed was one night's sleep, you know? And then you, you guys know what I mean. After you take it, after you take your baby home and you get that three hour stretch, you're like, I could do anything. And then pretty soon you get that full night stretch and you're like, holy moly, all those years, I'm just caught up again like that, you know? So if you're in it right now, know that it's gonna, your babies aren't gonna need you like this forever. Your babies will not need you like this forever. And Something that has really helped me even into the toddler years of being able to show up for them in the night like I want to is just kind of treating it like a like a privilege, you know? You they wake up in the night and everyone else is asleep and it's quiet and you all they want is you. Like immediately when they get you, they calm. 
And that is such a special opportunity we have as moms. And for sure, like it can get tiring. And maybe that's when you ask for a little bit of help and you get a nap or you sacrifice the show you want to watch at night and you go to bed early and you don't watch screens before bed and you do all these things that help you sleep better while you get sleep at night. But stop putting so much pressure on yourself that your babies should be sleeping from the you know the entire night. And if that's something you just absolutely need, there's so many amazing resources out there. My favorite is taking care of babies. Kara is one of my dear, dear friends. And I really trust the way that she teaches it because she'll meet you where you're at. And she's not, you know, it's a very loving style that she teaches, helps teach babies to sleep. But I just personally have never done anything like that because I feel better as a mom releasing that pressure and just being able to take care of myself to show up for my kids in the night. So we have done it all. We've done it all from like the books to traveling and kids sleeping really anywhere to now Bo, he co-sleeps with us and he, he the mostly just because we just don't have a room for him, but he fall, he's the first baby that actually falls asleep in our beds. This is, this has always been a big no, no for me because no matter what, we've always had like this open door policy in the night, you know, because my kids are scared or if they don't feel good, I never want them to feel like they can't come in in the night, you know? So we've always allowed our kids to come in if they need to comfort them. And then we take them back to their beds or sometimes they crawl in bed with us. But Bo, sweet Bo, he, he, he sleeps with us the entire night. And he's a sweet boy. He's so sweet to cuddle with, but he also has this tendency, you know, if you and I are, let's picture this, we're vertical in the king size mattress, your parents share a queen size mattress. I don't know how they do that. You got to have a king. You got to be able to spread out. Sometimes if we stay in a hotel and it's a queen, I just feel like it's so tight. But anyways, we're both vertical and Bo has this uncanny ability to go completely horizontal forming the letter H. But and his head, his yeah, head yeah, is his at head, least with you. His head is like into my belly and his legs are right into your ribs. That's, his feet. I take the feet. <laughs> But that's just it is we've just kind of adapted to the needs of our kiddos in the circumstances we're in. You know, sometimes we've had lots of rooms and honestly, we have in most of the houses we've had different rooms for the kids, but they choose to sleep together. They've always just been really used to early on. We didn't have a lot of rooms, you know, we'd have a house with just one room and they'd all sleep in there. And then we had two rooms and they'd kind of bunk up there. And now they just feel more comfortable sleeping alone, even, you know, 12 all the way down to one. So they just, they migrate towards each other and it brings them comfort. And that's, that makes plane rides easy because they already know how to like snuggle with each other and car rides easy. And when we're in hotels and they all have to just pile on one bed, it becomes easy. So I think just um, for us, it has worked to not be so rigid. For other people, maybe that does work, but for our lifestyle and our needs, lowering the expectations of how the night should look and kind of opening up the possibilities for maybe they're sleeping in the light today. You know, maybe we can't have blackout curtains and unfortunately we don't have a noise machine. So they're not going to get as good of, you know, and long of a nap, but they're still going to get a nap in the stroller on the way here or, you know, in the car seat on the way here or, and just kind of letting that be okay and not 
allowing their misnap or whatever to control your day because every single day we have a new day. So Bo doesn't get a good nap. I'm like, dang it, tonight's going to be rougher, but tomorrow's going to be better. You know, just always giving yourself an opportunity to just take whatever it is for what it is and make the most of it just makes life a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's worth noting, maybe, maybe for some who are listening, it sounds like we're just very like nonchalant. Hey, whatever, what, whenever, whatever you want to sleep, like that's cool. Let's not make it a big deal. Let's just let it happen how it needs to happen, which is not necessarily the case because I would say you are very <laughs> sometimes to a point where maybe it, it kind of frustrates me where you're very focused on the kids getting sleep, right? So we do have like, hey, around 8.30, 9 o'clock, it's bedtime. We're not doing sleepovers. We're not staying up late. And every now and again, you know, it's Friday, we'll do a movie night. But we do have a bedtime that's within a half hour range. And when we are traveling, even on our most recent flight to Hawaii, you know, the kids are all watching their their show on the plane. And you were like, hey, they should probably like take an hour or two and try to get some rest so that when we get there, we're we're more fresh. And so- you were like motioning to me to like, you know, Hey, pull the kids air, you know, headphones out, get them, get them to sleep, you know? Um, or if we're driving around and Bo's in his car seat and you know, you're, you're wanting to hold him off, like, don't let him fall asleep. You know, we start singing songs, cuckoo, bananas, Bo, stay awake. And you know, don't let him sleep. Because, All the kids are clapping and screaming and rolling down their windows. Yeah. Because you want, you don't want to fall asleep in the car seat and then have to transfer him. Like, let's just hold him off. We'll be home in 10 minutes. We'll put the the shades down in our room. We'll put on the noise machine. We'll lay down in his bow down in his bed and he'll get better sleep than if he's in the car seat. So, so there, I would say we are intentional about making sure the kids get sleep, but we also understand it's never going to be perfect. And, uh, yeah, as far as the kids coming in our room and sleeping with us at night, that's not always convenient. Sometimes I remember growing up, how was it for you? Cause I remember we could go in our parents' room if we had a bad dream or if we didn't feel good. Um, but I think we would usually end up like we would make a little bed on the floor on the side of their bed. Yeah. I would do that too. Till I was like 12. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like having, yeah, I had bad dreams sometimes when I was a kid and I was so grateful that I had parents that would let me in their room. You know, I was so grateful for that. And so that is one big reason why I'm like, kids, if you ever have a bad dream, you're welcome to come in our room. And when they're little, it's a lot easier to just pull them in bed with you. In fact, me and Ryan have actually thoroughly enjoy that sometimes. So the ideal situation and what we've mostly done is kids go to their bed at a consistent bedtime. That is the biggest thing for me. So I, when I, I, I maybe I am discrediting all the things we do put in place to help them get good sleep. But one big thing for me from newborn all the way up to now at the 12 year old is a bedtime routine. What are you doing before bed as a newborn? You know, the bath or the the songs or the rocking chair or getting outside before, you know, you're, you go to bed or whatever you're doing to help that nighttime routine wind down. I'm a big fan of that all the way to the 12 year old who's like, you're not watching TV before bed. You're reading a book or your lights dimmed or, you know, you're writing in your journal or whatever it is before bed that helps her wind down. That is so important to me in a consistent bedtime. And then once they 
fall asleep, I guess what I'm trying to say is we do everything we can to con- help control and give them a safe, you know, comfortable, cool room, dark, noise machine, whatever it is to sleep in. But then after that, it's out of our control. It's completely out of our control. So if we try to control it, keep controlling it, I mean, there's things you can do. Like I said, there's experts, there's things you can do, but to a certain point, what you're saying is like, yes, we have put these things in place. I love my babies to nap during the day because then I think they sleep better at night. But lowering those expectations and just letting it be what it is and doing the best we can without beating ourselves up and putting so much pressure on us actually helps me feel better as a mom, even if I don't get as enough as much sleep. Yep. Did I just go way off track? No, no, no. That's exactly right. Okay. And um you know, even another example is, you know, our oldest had a basketball game the other night. It was like a 9 p.m. game. So we didn't get to bed till late. And uh, we were just like, you know what? Sleep in in the morning. Like you could get up, you know, at 7 a.m. and get going on school stuff. But let's just sleep in and then we'll get going on our day. Yeah, and because so as your I kids, think you just have to be able to ebb and flow with some of those things. For sure. And and as your kids get, I mean, yeah, you guys know the more your sleep your kids get, the better behaved they are, the better, the happier they are, the more, you know, they're their best selves, the more sleep you get, you're your best self. So of course there's things to put in place to help make that happen. Like bedtime routines, like prioritizing the naps during the day for those infants and toddlers, um, helping your kiddos. I mean, we're, we don't have, we don't let our kids have phones, but man, if your kids have phones, like I would not let my kids have their phone for a couple hours before bedtime. You know, just just putting things in place like that to help your kiddos get a good night's rest. And then, because um, that keeps them healthier, that keeps them happier, keeps us healthier and happier. And just know that you will get sleep again. You will get sleep again. And some my nights- My dad always used to say, you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> you can sleep when you're dead. There's too much going on, too many things to do. You need sleep. Um, sometimes I've, I've heard people say, if I don't get my, you know, my eight hours in, I can't function. And immediately I want to just be like, you, you can though, you know, like bless your heart. I love you. And I want to give you a hug, but you tell yourself that and you're never going to be able to function. I mean, the science, right. Would, will say, yeah, the human body needs good, restful sleep you know, the recommended seven to eight hours and everyone's a Which little I'm bit, a big fan. Yeah. I'm a big fan no, that's of that. Great. And if you can do that, awesome. But there's, you know, yeah, there's just a season where you might not be able to. And again, going back to the resilience, I think you talked about getting exercise and eating good, like for sure, you know, and sometimes, you know, for me, like I need some caffeine to just kind of get going in the morning if it's been a long night. So, you know, I think taking care of your body and yeah. For you, it's, it's, if you can exercise and then you're eating good throughout the day, then your body can withstand, you know, less sleep, I guess. And, and that's a really good point. If we can just try to help the, try to help us get the best sleep we can for the hours we can, because we can't always control the hours, but we can do things in our day to control the quality of our sleep while we get it. So even like, I'm a huge fan of taking magnesium every night before bed even, you know, teens can do this and you can do magnesium spray on your kid's feet at night, even like young toddlers. Even the, the Mary Ruth, uh, nighttime multi-mineral thing yep. that we, that we take and we get has a high dose of magnesium that in it. has some properties in it that help with good restful sleep too. So yeah, yep. all those things are going to be helpful. 
Yep. And getting them outside before bed, you know, in the light, exercising, moving their bodies before they go wind down. Um, I'm not, a, I don't give melatonin on a consistent basis, but if my kids are sick and I want them to get a really good night's rest and go to bed early to get more rest, I don't hesitate in giving them a really small dose of melatonin. The research behind this, by the way, it's not necessarily that melatonin is bad. It's just we, if you dose too high, your body can get dependent. So if you can dose lower, like I'm talking like, like a half of a milligram at most. You'll take one of those sleep gummies, one of those Mary's sleep gummies, and you'll like cut it in a third or a half sometimes and give it to the kids. Yeah, because because it still works. So it's like a quarter of a milligram, but it still just gives them a little teeny push, you know, extra melatonin, but their bodies are still able to do their work themselves too. So, you know, if they're sick or if you're traveling or if there's if there's some, you know, space or time that you need that, release that guilt, give them a little bit of melatonin, help them out. It's, it's, you know, some people would say melatonin is good on a consistent basis. There's just a lot of research out there and you get to do what you feel like is best for your kids. I think, I think the worst thing that Shannon has ever done. Can't wait. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't cheating. It wasn't murder. It wasn't, it was even worse than that. It was worse than that. She, gave the kids melatonin one night so they could go to bed early and we could watch the bachelor. There it is. The secret's out. The worst thing you've ever done. I told you that I, I never used melatonin for my young kids. And I told you one night I got home from work and I was putting the kids to bed and they're like, where's the gummy? Where's that orange gummy that dad always gives us? And I was like, I don't think there's an orange gummy kids. And they're like, yeah, the orange one that dad always gives us before bed. Oh my gosh. So he's the one that went and bought melatonin when I was working. Bless his heart. They Our kids turned out fine. Kids are narcs. <laughs> um, well, we've been talking about sleep for over 30 minutes. We could have been taking a 30 minute wow. nap instead of doing this. Wow. But here we are. You know, and hopefully it's been helpful. Just to recap kind of what we said, like, Prioritize sleep because it is so important to our health and our happiness. Our health and our happiness, our children's health and happiness, it is so vitally important. With that, though, control what you can control and then kind of let everything else go. Lower those expectations and just show up as your best self whenever it is, morning or night. Be available. Figure out your value systems. Maybe something works for you that doesn't work for another family. Maybe you need you need your kids to sleep in their own room or you need your kids to sleep this certain stretch of hours or whatever. There's so many amazing humans and resources that can help us through that. But I think the, the, uh, I guess general, what I would tell every mom, no matter where you are in your sleeping journey is to just lower those expectations and don't put so much pressure on yourself. Our babies won't need us like this forever. Amazing. Okay. Love you guys. That's a wrap. I hope you all get some sleep tonight. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Maybe maybe you're listening at two in the morning <laughs> to this episode <laughs> as you're not sleeping. So, Well, we're cheering you on. We've been there. We still are there sometimes. Bo had a rough night a couple of days ago, and then it gets good, and then it gets bad again, and then it gets good, and then it gets bad. And you just, you just flow with it. You know, you just, you just gotta, you just gotta show up 
and realize, I've said this four times now, I'm going to say it one more time, they're not going to need you like this forever. You will sleep again. I got to talk to that kid because you're nursing him, giving him that mother's milk and he's kicking you in the ribs. I know. How dare he? He kicks me in the ribs and then he just wiggles his way over and says, nurse, nurse. Nurse. I just hear that in the night. Nurse. And I know I'm off the hook. I can just turn over. He only did it one time last night. He only wanted to nurse one time. I got some great sleep. (laughs) Good. (laughs) You look refreshed today. Thanks, guys. All right. We love you guys. Go have a great week. (laughs) 